Hi, welcome to the Early Value NFL Betting Podcast. Week nine here already, the season is flying by. Tonight's guest is someone who I've met during this season and started listening to their podcast, which is fabulous. He's the host of the Move the Line podcast and director of betting for 4 for 4 football. I'd like to introduce you to Ryan Noonan. Ryan, how are we, mate? Doing well, Ross. I appreciate you having me on, buddy. Good. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a thing of mine to get yourself on for a while since I've been listening to the fabulous content that you do at Move the Line. So it's my pleasure having you on, Ryan. Thank you. Um, how's the, how's the uh, season gone for you so far? So far, so good. Fairly pleased. Um, a decent week in, uh, in week eight that we're coming off of here. Um, yeah, just we, as we were talking at the top of the show, I mean, it's, this market is so hard. As you know, anyone who's in this space trying to beat these books, um, you, you got to find any edge that you can. So I feel like I've had a really nice year in the prop market, trying to focus on some things that um, I feel I have an edge on. And um, through you know, analysis and, and pod prep, I'm mean, really trying to, to get an idea of some matchups and spots that I like, kind of keep those to the side and wait for those markets to pop as far as the prop market goes. And then you know, running that off of some of the projections that we have to see if we have some value there. And then from there, I typically look for unders to see if there's any unders in the marketplace. I know that we typically, we talked about this on our pod on Friday in the prop show. You know, the, the I think probably long-term, you're, you're better off betting more unders. There's obviously just intrinsic value baked into the number of outs that come with, with an under, whether that's injuries or different things that can happen. Um, for me, I like to find spots where I feel like I have an edge on the over see if I can get a value on that number and then I'll go from there and see if I can react to the under. So when I look at my card for the year, it is very over heavy. Um, but again, I am profitable on those as well. My under hit rate is, is outstanding. I just naturally, I'm a positive guy, Ross. I want to look for things. Yeah. I want to like root for things. I want things that, that I think are going to happen. Um, that worked in a big way. I went uh, really focused on, I had some, I thought I had some good value on some receiving yardage props this week. And I went five and one on those all overs. Um, and then that worked out really well. And then I do a free look ahead lines article over at four for four every week. It's really our only free betting content other than the podcasts. Uh, Cause I think that getting in on the look aheads is crucial. And I know that there's a lot of folks that are hesitant to do so because you are having to make decisions on the next week's game before this week's games even happen. But at the same time, if you are, it's almost like you're parlaying Ross, like your thought on this week, if your handicap on week eight, is correct. You're going to find some value in the week nine market. Uh, and that's happened a couple of different times. Like for this week, I, the only two bets I made were on Buffalo. Buffalo is minus 11 against Jacksonville. That's now like 14 and a half in most spots, significant movement. We're like a field goal and a half. It's through the 14. Those are crucial movements. And then the same on Dallas. Dallas was uh, at seven. I know obviously some concerns around Dak that's now at 10 in most places. Again, not only just three points, but three points through key numbers and um you know i haven't very often been on the wrong side of the number it's going to happen it happened last week with dallas i love dallas against minnesota uh, i had it at two and a half but it's still never in doubt ross we still cash that two and a half <laughs> thanks to cooper rush Definitely. but uh you know those are kind of some of the key ways because if you're betting into sides and totals on thursday friday saturday man it's really hard it's really hard the uh the markets are really sharp the books feel confident in their numbers and you can do it, but man, to actually be profitable, to make it worth your time, it's really hard to do. Yeah, and it's it's kind of why I I, I sort of, the, the name of my Twitter handle come back, Early Value NFL, yeah. and I like to try and do this podcast on a Tuesday to try and get as much of the early lines as possible because you, you're totally correct. The, the more early I think we can hit some of these lines. Obviously, you might have the variance of an injury go against you or with COVID yeah. nowadays, some player, I mean, some people probably got hurt last week on the Packers. Um, when the news Adams and that went out in the end, it didn't matter because the Packers still won anyway. As you say, right. with, with Dallas, I, I backed Dallas. Unfortunately, I cashed out when the DAC news come out um, and just got out of the bet. I, I, I just didn't want anything to do with it after after that news come out. So luckily I was able to, well, unluckily I was able to cash out. If I hadn't been, I would have been sitting on a winning slip. Such is the okay. <laughs> but, but you're right. The the um, the look headlines. I, I I always look on because I think there is value to be had there. Some weeks, some weeks I'll find none. Some weeks I'll, mm -hmm. I'll have others. I had Dallas um, at a pick 'em against New England Patriots a couple of weeks ago at the look ahead. Ended up going off over three and a half straight away. As you say, through the key number, everything worked out ideal for it. 
So I think it is definitely a thing we've spoke about a lot of times on here to look and look Sunday night as well, as soon as them lines come out, because they're going to move quick. As soon as them lines come out, you can get the deep dive lads do a terrific podcast Sunday night Mm -hmm. where they talk about the bets for the next week and some lines moving straight away on there. Um, in regards to the props, you're right. If uh, if ever I'm out with friends watching the games, no one wants an under off me. If anyone says Ross can I have a bet for the game to give me some interest, no one no one wants an under. No one wants an under. We, we yeah. all want the over. So, but you're right. Unders is the way to really play a lot of them. It's just uh, I, I lo- I've always liked the overs. I want to be entertained. I want that big catch down the sideline or something right. like that to get the, the heart racing. Not not waiting for some garbage time. 30 yard dump off and uh and your heart's <laughs> broken and you've sat through three hours to to lose on on that so um that's it i, I like the unders in the preseason prop market routes i feel like there's yep. that makes a lot of sense there i think leaning extremely heavy in unders in that market is absolutely the way to go because even more so as we like dial back there's even more outs like, you know that we we're kind of bullish on two um, overs this season. I talk about a lot, giving my podcast partner, uh, Connor, a hard time because he loved Tua this year. Yeah. And boom, Tua goes out and, you know, you're, you're done. You're, you're, you're chasing your tail for the remainder of the season for him to have these, you know, 400-yard games to try to make up for any lost games here because it's not really baked into the number at all. So uh, week by week, I feel like there's value in, in attacking overs season long. Uh, if you're doing this next year and you're getting into the prop market, um, unders, lean unders very, very heavily. Yeah, definitely. And, and I did a few preseason podcasts and we basically echoed them thoughts. Anything I wanted to look at player market wise was was under as it was too valuable with the injuries and, and yeah. everything that it was it was the way to go. Um obviously looking back at weekend, the old saying running backs don't matter. We got a case now, the quarterbacks mm-hmm. don't matter. Cooper Rush pulling off the win, Trevor Simeon coming in and the Saints beating the Bucks and Mike White leading the Jets to victory over the Bengals. Maybe maybe it's the new way to go. Quarterbacks don't matter anymore. I know. you It's uh, stealing my notes for my Wednesday show. It's the same thing. It was just kind of a wild <laughs> upside-down week. Like It's just like, what in the world happened? We had, I think, what did we have? Eight dogs win outright. Uh, some uh, substantial numbers. Uh, you know, you get these, you know, even these garbage time, like, you know, Davis Mills, they weren't in contention there. But, like, all of a sudden, he put some numbers last week. Geno Smith had like one of his best days ever. His like completion percentage over expectation was like 25%, which is insane. Uh, by far the, the highest of the week, I, like a 91 completion percent. Like, weird week for bad quarterbacks, but you know, what are you going to do? You get these weird wonky spots in season, you get some of these guys and these teams caught in look ahead spots, you know, the Bengals in particular, that was their third straight road game. That's something that I bang on all the time. It doesn't happen very often, but like, when it does, these things pop up and they're really, really strange. And you know, not only that, they have, you know, on the docket this week, they had the Browns coming up. So, like, they're caught into the third straight road game, a couple emotional wins, and you got to go play the Jets. The Jets back up Mike White. And, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's it's the NFL, man. This is why uh, these, what we say, when you ever go to Vegas, they are not putting up billion-dollar hotels because they're wrong all the time. Uh, there's a, a reason that that place looks like it does. That's right. And it is. And I, and I say it every week, the NFL and picking sides and totals is not an easy game at all. Player props wise, even though I've been absolutely getting torched the last two weeks brutally. But I think there's so much more um, scope in there for, for long term profits in player props. Sides and totals is really so hard work that um, sometimes I do think, God, I think I'll just stick to player props and, and go away from it. But then I love to have a bet on the sides as well. Absolutely. Um, obviously, um, my Kansas City Chiefs just about won last night, just about got through, spoke about them the last few weeks. I've been quite down on them as well. I try and always be honest with about them. I think there's a lot more going on than just the defence being bad. Last night, the defence actually played OK. Um, mm-hmm. The offence just, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if Kaus is hurt. I don't know if because they're playing too deep and Mahomes can't work it out quick enough and then he's rushing things. I'm just, uh, and the schedule coming up is absolutely brutal. I think we play, every game we play for the rest of the season is against the team at the minute who's got a winning record. Um, it is not going to be easy. And I really no. do think that there's a chance here that we might not even be seeing the playoffs come the end of the season. Is that wild to think about? But the thing is, though, is that really outside of the Bills, who have their flaws, there's really not a 
you know, a dominant team and every, really all these teams are five and three, four and four, and they all have their flaws. So at the end of the day, you know, their schedule is brutal. I do have Mahomes. We have enough of a track record to be like, man, I want to bet on that side. Historically, the Kelsey thing is strange. I mean, last night he was getting James Bradbury, you know, coverage, which is basically, you know, they bracketed, uh, you know, Hill all nights where he had double coverage for the most part. And they were kind of doing the same thing, but with Bradbury on Kelsey for the majority of the night. So, yeah, I mean, they really need someone. They need some help underneath. They need that really someone else to step up in the Hardman Pringle, you know, Robinson role. Cause otherwise it's, they're getting a little bit more easy and predictable to defend. You know, I think he's admitted himself that Mahomes is trying to play a little hero ball and extend plays and, and make things that, that uh, aren't there, there uh, over time though. I still want to be on the side. You're telling me, uh, you know, Raiders or chiefs, you know, Browns or chiefs. Again, I just, I want to back Mahomes and feel like at some point, you know, it could be the wrong, we could be here holding the bag at the end, Ross, but I feel like I want to bet on, Mahomes and Andy Reid to figure it out over time. Definitely. And obviously, we've got the horrible news today coming out about Henry Ruggs. And, and that, obviously, we can't go into too much detail because we, we don't really know enough about it. But unfortunately, I, I don't see him being available again for this season and probably yeah. maybe not again, unfortunately. What effect that will have on the Raiders going forward. Obviously, John Gruden leaving. They seem to have reacted really well to that. Uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll step up again and and, and play with everyone up with them uh, on their shoulder and, and carry on going. But yeah, it's, it's hard to discount the Chiefs as much as I'm a fan and um, and I'm down on them. They've they've got all the talent there. Interestingly, Josh Gordon ran uh, more routes than he's run so far this season. More routes, I think, than he ran for, uh, than Robinson and Hardman yesterday. So maybe that's what they're looking at to uh, get him more now involved and, and try and change this offense. Uh, other teams and that, Bills, obviously, I, I have Miami plus 14. I mean, I thought that was looking easy done until uh, Tua decided to throw, to throw an interception with under two minutes and, and then let them just walk into the end zone score, which, yeah. uh, which was disastrous. But I think the Bills... Kept saying after the Chiefs game, a letdown was coming and that. And I, I know that they lost to the Titans, but they look quite solid, both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think they played with their food a little bit last week. I mean, you can't do that in division. I know that Miami has their problems, but like it was weird to see them come off the bye and do that. And the team that they've really dominated over the last couple of years as well. So, yeah, and the defense is strong. I still think the offensive line is strong. They are running it a little bit more, which is strange. Like, you know, in this kind of, they were an analytics darling last year because they were kind of doing what the chargers are doing where everyone's, you know, loves that they go for it on fourth down all the time. And, you know, uh, pass rate over expectation is really high. And now we're seeing a little bit more reliant on the ground game, which is a little pre- peculiar, but uh, yeah, I just think that roster top to bottom Buffalo is, is the best in the class of the AFC right now. So I still think they're going to be there at the end. The schedule is not very hard and that works out in their favor as well. And, uh, you know, I think we really haven't seen Steph Diggs really blow up yet. It's kind of been on yep. the precipice a few times. So I think we're going to have some nice Allen Diggs games here down the stretch. Yeah. And uh, obviously with Jameis Winston going down as well for the Saints. Um, I assume Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill will now be the starter. I, I think as much as Trevor Simeon played well, even though I think that they'll have more belief. And after last season with Hill running the offense for the, nearly the whole season, that um, I suspect that that's where they'll lean to if he's back and healthy for this week. Yeah, I would think so too. And it feels like that fits really what they want to do well, right? They have a really strong defense. Defense is getting healthy. Marcus Davenport's back. Juan Alexander's back. You know, the defense is playing terrific. And, you know, Taysom is that dual threat that they, we've joked for years, you know, they, he just, Sean Payton loves him. And I think yeah. you start to rely on maybe some of that short passing game stuff because really the weapons leave a lot to be desired. And so it's one of those like, let's get off the bus and let's get back on the bus as soon as we can. You know, let's run the ball, short intermediate passing, let's play defense, control the clock. And I think Taysom kind of allows them to do that. So he's hopefully coming out of the concussion protocol this week. Obviously, uh, Tuesday practice day here as we record. So we really don't have any reports as, as of now, but maybe we see some Taysom out practicing tomorrow and, and that would be probably pretty encouraging moving into the week. Yeah, and I kind of feel, I felt at the start of the season that the way the Saints receivers were, apart from Callaway, I, I felt they were more set up for the shorter passing game. Um, 
I thought Taysom Morta got the starter based on that, but they obviously rolled with Winston and he's had his good games and his bad games. I think, like you say, the, the strength here is that de- defence. They're so stout against the run. And now Latimore and that is playing out of his skin on the yeah. on the opposing wide receivers. Um, so depending on how Taysom goes, I'm not sure how far that he'll lead them into it. Maybe a lot will depend on the defence, but um, I wouldn't. I still books are. I think probably for me the NFC side of it are still the strongest, strongest for me. Though Dallas possibly are, are going to give them a run this season. Yeah, I feel like we have a really clear idea of at least five, probably six, because to be honest, Ross, you probably throw the Saints in there, even though I week to week not tell you heads to tails what's going to come of that club but it feels like there are really clear six nfc playoff teams at this point even though we're halfway through yeah. you know anything can happen it feels really clear that those teams are you know are locked in right you get the uh the rams the bucks the cowboys the packers and the cardinals those teams are definitely i feel really confident those are playoff teams saints have already you know made themselves in that mix as well so you're really dealing with one playoff spot up for grabs with a bunch of clubs looking to get in there. The AFC side, like we said, we don't know what's going on over there, right? Yeah. It's the Bills, right? And the Titans yeah. are in a nice position, but now they lose Derrick Henry. So what becomes of the Titans? Same thing with the Raiders, lots of question marks going on there. And then you got all these other clubs that are in that five and three, four and four, couple of games here and there, tough little stretches of schedule. And all of a sudden you could be four and seven or you know, you could be drawing dead and on, on the wrong side of it. So it's wide open on the AFC side. Yeah, the AFC North is is going to get really intriguing, I think, with, with them all. Pittsburgh pulling off a really good win against the Browns. Yeah. I, I must admit, I, I, I didn't bet the Browns after it moved off the three to the three and a half. It was enough to put me off, but I really thought the Browns would would beat them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just shows you any given week in the NFL. Yeah, Browns um, became really popular Sunday morning. They got a lot of steam. Yeah, yeah, they did and really didn't perform to maybe what was expected of them. But uh, that division, I don't think the Bengals will make it. I think as much as they've looked good, I, I just I, I think that they'll tail off for me towards the, the end of the season. Um, but they've been really good this season. Probably one of the more, yeah. most surprising teams out, out of a lot of them. Uh, moving on to week nine, Ryan. Is there a bet that you... Like, I know obviously you've spoke about a couple of you've got at the early lines and that, but is there anyone else at the current odds that you'd be looking at? Yeah, I, I got down this morning on the Chargers. It looked like the Chargers were going to be heading to three. Uh, there was a pretty substantial juice on the two and a half across the board. And so it looked really like a clear cut three on the come. And now we're, as we're sitting here recording, Ross, we've got ones out there. We got one and a halfs um, at different spots. So uh, to be honest, like fairly negligible movement when we're below the three. So from going from a, a two and a half to a one is really not that big of a deal. When you look at distributions of scores, you just don't typically see one point victories very often. Obviously, anytime you're betting, you want the better number. So I'd much rather, obviously, you'd rather have a one than a two and a half. But again, being under the three, I still feel really good about it. I don't understand it. I feel like it is a little bit of recency bias. We as humans, we can only remember what we saw last. We're like goldfish. And we saw, you know, we have a couple of bad losses for the Chargers, right? They got absolutely curb stomped by the Ravens before the bye. And then uh, they come out of the bye and lose to New England. And now we finally see first time all year that Philly is favored and they absolutely boat race the Lions, who have been kind of a fraudulent, even though they're terrible and the last winless team. There's been this like, oh, they're gritty and they're like, oh, they fight. And it's like kind of all in its own little narrative driven thing where like we yeah. kind of fluff it up because people like Dan Campbell and they seem to want to play hard for them. It is a absolutely talent depleted roster and they got destroyed in a massive way on Sunday. So we have these kind of these two things kind of coalescing here where we think that the, the Eagles are better than they are. Everyone suddenly wants to sell in the Chargers and I love it. I mean, the, the Eagles have the most vanilla defense right now. They will allow you to really do anything you want underneath. They are playing a lot of too deep safety. They are giving you things to have underneath with the running backs. That fits very well with what the Chargers like yeah. to do. Uh, you can get anything intermittent with Keenan Allen. That works out very well for them. They'll pop Darius Slay on Mike Williams and probably eliminate him for the most part. That's okay. I still think that the Chargers are able to do what they want to do here. 
and someone that's really one-dimensional that is so up and down week by week, uh, Jalen Hurts, I feel like the Chargers are going to be able to slow him down. Like They will obviously allow you to do whatever you want running the football, and the Eagles are one of the best running teams in the league, but it is very much bolstered by quarterback runs, and I think it's really hard to kind of measure that uh, from like a running back carry standpoint versus a quarterback scramble standpoint. So I don't think that's really a clean metric to be like, oh, well, the Chargers are terrible against the run. The Eagles are awesome against the run. I don't think that it kind of works that way. If you're just looking at metrics, it definitely does. So maybe that's why we're seeing some of the line movement and people are like, well, the Eagles want to run and they run it well. But uh, yeah, I like the Chargers here under anywhere under three. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I looked at them myself this morning, haven't bet it yet, but I might now, especially with it dropping down a little bit more. Um, I think the way uh, Philadelphia have played it when they've come up against the top quarterbacks, and I put Herbert in the top quarterbacks, the Mahomes, Dak Prescott and that, they've all had their way against this Philadelphia defence. It's a bit weird that it's, it's like uh, the Patriots sort of know how to play Herbert the last two seasons, uh, what they've done against the Chargers and and that Bill Belichick has obviously either had some way of, of dealing with Herbert and, and everything against him. I, I think he's a lot better than what we've seen. I think the Chargers are a lot better than what we saw against New England. I just I, I find them more talented over the whole roster than, than what I do Philadelphia. And as you say, I would have thought this line was going more up towards the three than actually down. So I would, I'll, I'll be betting the Chargers as well. So I like it. Um, I bet I've placed. And it's going to the Dallas game where you've got Dallas minus seven. I'm going to take the under 49 and a half Dallas-Denver game. A couple of reasons. One, with Dak Prescott coming in hurt, I think Teddy Bridgewater's still hurt. Mm-hmm. I think they'll both run, try and run the ball quite a lot. Pace charts-wise, Dallas are about 13th, Denver 27th. So they're not overly trying to run loads of plays in the games. I think Denver at the minute, they're, let it, they're allowing quite a few big plays, but not too many completions. I just wonder with this game, with Dak being hurt, I suspect he'll be back. He got so close to playing on Sunday that I'd be, I'd, I'd be surprised if he missed out. Yeah. But with him being obviously hurt, is there a chance of that it's a more dialed back offense? Do they run it a bit more short passing? I think will his mobility be a little bit? in trouble with, with it being a calf injury. I just think a 49 and a half and Denver's offense really isn't putting up a lot of points. I mean, the most it's put up this season is 24 against the Raiders. And a lot of that was garbage time. They were only on 10 points going into the fourth quarter. And uh, they were so far down that the Raiders defense was just more playing prevent defense and letting them have whatever they wanted. They scored a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I think they were probably in some ways, maybe a little bit lucky to beat Washington on Sunday. I don't think they were the better team in the game. Um, I just, I think 49 and a half, it just seems that I think if Dallas get in front, they'll carry on running it. Obviously, it leaves open the the, the, the garbage time maybe at the end, but I'm, I'm relying on that big number that they won't have enough to get over there. I think I'd probably like the minus seven more, but unfortunately that <laughs> that ship sailed. So, uh, and at 10, I just, I, I don't, I don't really like getting involved in teams, giving up double digits from a personal standpoint. So I'm happy to take the 49 and a half. Yeah, I get that too. You know, t- double digits in the NFL is, although we've seen it this year, just hit at a crazy rate. You've seen yeah. these teams historically, like it's almost always take the, you know, take the points, but yeah, you make good points. I mean, I'll really, if you eliminate that game one when they went very pass heavy against Tampa Bay, Dallas has been extremely run heavy this season and doing it well. And why wouldn't you? They have the number one ranked adjusted line yard offensive line. They're healthy up front. They have two running backs that are very capable and willing to pound the ball into submission. The other team uh, is going to be dealing with some injuries. You have a ton of injuries at the linebacker position for the Broncos. We don't know, as we're recording and we're in the middle of the trade deadline, obviously Von Miller out. Um, now they are, I think, 26th in rushing success rate on the season heading into last week. I haven't run anything for next week or considering last week yet. But again, kind of a bottom third rushing defense. We thought this was going to be a great defense coming in the year, but mostly on the back of their secondary. So even that plays its way here. That is still somewhat of their strength. Attacking them on the ground makes a ton of sense. And if you are looking to do so, you are 
on the right side, you're kind of between key numbers there between, you know, 47, 48 and the, you know, 51s. So I absolutely can, can get there. I probably personally, the way I would do it maybe would be a team total under on the Broncos side, just because then you're kind of alleviating any concerns that Dallas just goes off. Um, That still kind of lays into shorting the Broncos here on the whole with the Teddy injury and all those things. And so, yeah, I can get behind that too. Uh, You know, and again, knowing that Teddy's injured, we know Denver likes to run the football too, if we're in neutral situation. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think Denver, Denver's team total, it must be around about 20 points, mustn't it? Or it's, yeah. it's, it's got to be sort of if it's 10, 10 points now and, a, and if it is, they're, they're looking at what a 30, 20 scoreline, aren't they? Um, based on the on the handicap and the total. So I suspect it would be 20. It'd be nice if you could get a 21 anyway, but I think that's uh, was, too much. But you know what, though? Here's how this sometimes works for us is we'll, we might get an overreaction in the moment to the DAC news, even though I think it's mm-hmm. baked into the number currently. I think the public perception of Dak being active maybe steams Dallas a little bit more. And then there's an opportunity to, to get into that yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, there's, I, I preach team totals all the time because I think it's such an inefficient market. Yeah. So I'm seeing 19 and a half in most spots right now. So yeah, yeah. love to get a, even a 20 and a half or, yeah. you know, 21. But yeah. I, the books don't set team totals specifically for the most part. And what I mean by that is yeah. just kind of derived of spread in total, And then when there's a little bit of movement one way or the other, sometimes you'll get a nice move in and around a key number on a team total. And the books aren't looking at that in a vacuum, whereas they obviously are very key in, and they understand what the key numbers are in the, you know, public markets, right. When we're talking sides and total. So I'm always on the hunt for team totals. It is by far uh, my favorite market to get into Um, outside of player props is something that I've had a ton of success in the season. I think I'm 13 and three on team totals this season um, because you're just finding key numbers, right? Just work around some key numbers in spots that you like or that you don't like. And I think it is an exploitable market. Perfect. Yeah. There's one, I must admit, I haven't ever really looked too much into the team totals now and again do, but, um, but no, that's really interesting and a good point. So anyone who is, is listening, we don't really talk about it much. So no, I think that's it's quite valuable to, uh, to know and look at, because as you say, there is some good key numbers on them, mm-hmm. on them team total. So it's well worth looking around. I know a lot of people talk about halftime betting and things like that. It's another market I've never really looked into much personally either. Um, I suppose it's just easy to look at the, the, the full game and the props without maybe sometimes looking to the more niche markets. And as you say, you've clearly found that niche there going 13 and three, which is excellent. Yeah, I, I know I'm with you. I don't touch the the half quarter markets. Um, it's such a small sample to begin with, right? And, and we're 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 dialing down one game into even smaller things. It's just so hard to predict the outcome of a game to get really niche down into a half or a quarter. I would need to really have feel like we have a massive edge on the extremes of something, you know, statistically where I feel like that's a play. Um, first time I did it all year, in I think maybe in five years, I did. I, there's a trend, and I think they've scored. Minnesota scored, I think, a touchdown either in their first or second drive, I think in like seven straight games. Wow. Really, really strong. I think they are by far the league leaders in EPA per play in the first quarter. And then Detroit, by far, like by far the worst um, in EPA per play defensively in the first quarter. So I thought that there was an edge there. I played it a couple of weeks ago when they met, and of course it did not hit. Um, so again, that was the probably uh, retiring that market. Um, but I found it to be a statistical edge that I was worth exploring. But again, it, it, it's I'm bringing I'm bringing in more variance unnecessarily yeah. in my mark in my my thought there. Whereas a team total feels more like a player prop, where we're really analyzing team yeah. output, we're analyzing team performance, similar to player performance, and it's easier to work around what we know are key landing spots as far as distribution of scores around you know, 14, 17, 20, 21, 24s, those things. When we get those key numbers, as you get up into the 27s, 31s, we know where scores tend to land over the course of history. Obviously the two-point conversion piece and those things add a little bit of layer, but we know, like I took a another play that I took, I took the Falcons this morning under 17 and a half because I – I'm on the right side. I'm above 17. Yeah. And I like them to underperform where I think they are in the market this week. Um, against the Saints defense that we talked about being terrific. Calvin Ridley being out. It's kind of an anemic offense that I don't think has an identity. 
And I feel like I'm on the right side of the number in the marketplace before we get any movement on the, the Saints quarterback situation. So I think that's kind of a, a great market to to explore for your listeners if they're not dialed into it. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think yeah, it's not a subject we, we talk about a lot. And I think the, the, the Indianapolis Colts first quarter, and, and like you say, I, I don't get involved in it, but I hear it quite a lot about them and Frank Wright and his, uh, his first quarters are usually really good for them putting some sort of points on the board, whether it be a field goal, whether it be a touchdown. Hmm. Um, he seems to be one of the better coaches for the first, first scripted plays. And that it's just that, as you say, the first time I bet it, I know, I know where that's going. And yeah, I'll be no kicking thanks. myself that I got involved in, in such a market like that. So, so no. Um, moving on to, have you got any of us that you, um, that you like or just, or did you just want to break down a couple of games, Ryan? Yeah, those are all that I've hit so far with those two bets. Uh, outside the look ads, I get the Chargers and then the team total under on the, uh, on the Falcons. And, uh, yeah, still trying to, to get a, a grasp of the week because we, you know, Tuesday with, you know, getting a lot of data dump with everything updating from the previous week's data yeah. and, uh, you know, getting ready for it. So, yeah, happy to talk about any spot, though. So if we talk about we'll talk about a couple of games, try and break them down. The uh, first one, obviously, there's been quite a few point moves um, but over today. And one of the biggest ones, probably the Kansas City Chiefs going from minus three to now plus one. Do you think that's maybe too much based on I can only base it on last night's performance and and how bad the offense looked that there's been such a move it just four points feels a little bit too much for me even as a Chiefs fan not trying to be homerish but it feels yeah. it feels a lot yeah yeah also coming off of Green Bay showing that they can win in multiple ways yeah you know they to go into Arizona short week short-handed and they probably should have lost, obviously. A nicely run route at the end of the game obviously changes things. But, yeah. you know, um, this is a, a team that has surprised me defensively. The Packers have the, you know, the loss of Jair Alexander, um, Darius Smith. Those are two of their key defensive players. To have those guys out and to still being yeah. a serviceable defensive unit has been pretty surprising. Um, they've been doing a good job at eliminating explosive plays. And that does not bode well for Kansas City. Green Bay has allowed the second lowest rate of explosive pass plays so far on the season. And that has kind of been the bugaboo and really what's different. If you're trying to really dial it into one thing, what's different with Kansas city this year, there's nothing deep down the field happening. Uh, where are they? They are 27th yeah. Yeah. in explosive pass rate. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing happening there. So kind of a bad matchup just as far as that goes, they're going to have to, to dink and dunk. You know, we continue to do these things where we're like, all right, this is the week that they turn it on. This is the toughest matchup of the last couple of weeks for them to do so. Yeah. You would think, you know, home is nice, but again, they, they even have the rest disadvantage. You have a mini buy for Green yeah. Bay and you got a short week for Kansas City. So getting your defensive coordinator back, getting Devontae Adams back. I understand where the markets move to, you know, what kind of a pick them basically here. Uh, man, giving points to Mahomes at home. Uh, is really hard to to stay away from but uh man it's it's also right now hard to really justify because you can't if you can't do it against a, ten, a tennessee defense that is depleted like they got some guys but that back half is terrible like they do not have any talent in the back half and what they ran out against against the giants that defense isn't good either they don't have they're not healthy they don't have any pass rush and the chiefs couldn't get anything going last night so yeah, I get why it's there. I, I don't have a pick for you now, but I understand why someone would want to take a, you know, the points with Mahomes at home. Yeah, I, uh, it, it is a lot of movement, but I just couldn't bet the Chiefs at the minute. I, ju I just couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, as much as hopefully they'll win. I like the Packers. I think Adams should be back for this game. Um, obviously, we've traded today for Melvin Ingram. That will be much needed help and I suspect they'll move Chris Jones back inside it just hasn't worked him being outside whether they'll get now the pressure on more the quarterbacks to try and take something off this defence on especially on these big plays that we're giving up um, maybe but uh, yeah it's, it's one of the better games of the week but I think mm -hmm. it's more watching a more of a watching game and the Chiefs might maybe they've maybe they've saved some plays for this game I don't like that saying save your plays for certain games because there's no there's no time for tomorrow and that you you're playing your season could be over. So I think you do what you gotta to do to win games then. 
Um, Titans, Rams, obviously the, the news of Derek Henry being lost for the season and such an integral part of that Titans offense that's moved now the Rams to minus seven and a half for the Sunday night game. How do you see the Titans offense coping with, with that? Yeah, what a tough spot. I mean, obviously great momentum. I really love seeing what we saw from them last weekend because you're coming off of a couple of big wins. And even though it's a big division game for them, they, you know, they had a nice leg up on the Colts. They get down early 14 zip. And I, I know we're not going to see teams really in the NFL fold and go home, but for them to really fight back and to do what they did without really getting much from Derrick Henry before he went down. I mean, obviously you know, this is something you battle through through the game, but I mean, it was ineffective. It's probably was part of the reason, but to see them really rally in that game and to continue to allow them to create spots for Carson Wentz to go full Wentz, um, which he did. You never want to go full Wentz, never go full Wentz, you know, um, maybe on, maybe when you're on holiday, you know, the wife and yeah. kids aren't there, go full Wentz, but never <laughs> otherwise do it. But uh yeah, I mean, this is obviously a tough spot now. They, I like seeing Todd Downing, their offensive coordinator, get back to some of the things that worked well for them last year. We're seeing a little bit more reliance on that play-action game that worked so well for Tannehill. And, you know, they went away from it early in the year. They were kind of a different offense. And now, if they can get healthy, you know, the defense is still a problem. Um it's going to be a real problem here. Their offensive line issues are a problem. Uh, you know, guys are getting healthy there too, but this is such a bad matchup. And this, this Rams team is playing good, good football. Again, we this was four and a half in the look-aheads. This was hanging out at six and a half for a while. Seven and a half is a significant jump, even though we're only dealing with one point. Um, but again, I, I you need to see how they rally with, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson and all these things here. The Rams, though, like they will just shove it down your throats. Um, and they can do it in a multitude of ways. Yeah, and when you're talking about explosive pass plays at the minute, Stafford's cup, I mean, it is just near indefensible. And I'm pretty sure the Titans are, are really badly beaten up for the slot position as well. So you're, you're having to think, again, it's, this is going to be another big game for Cup. Obviously, they've just traded for Von Miller as well, which mm. adds another piece to that defence with him, with Jones there, with, um, sorry, not Jones, um, What's his name? The defensive to Aaron Donald. Um, sorry there. And then Jaleen Ramsey. Then when they're getting pressure and the quarterback's having to throw it up at the cornerback, taking anything they get. It is, it's a tough spot to see where the where the Titans can pull off this. I don't think I'd I don't think I want to rush out and bet the seven and a half. So no. sort of um not really giving much out to be able to give to people. It's just more breakdown of, of the game and 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 how we see it and how teams are gonna cope with these losses. I, I think with the Julio Jones thing, obviously the injuries again are, are playing him up and it's probably not getting enough out of what they've traded for him, unfortunately. So a lot now is going to fall on AJ Brown and then hoping someone else really picks up out of their wide receivers from their Josh Reynolds revenge game. Um, sure he'll be out for some sort of revenge and letting him go. Yeah, if he can find his way on the field, um, you yeah. know, they're not using him very often, but maybe yeah. things change. Maybe they have to start to go, uh, you know, a little bit more four wide or something there. But, uh, yeah, it's it's getting thin in Tennessee, which is, again, another thing that complicates a wide-open AFC. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, the Vikings versus the Ravens. Um, any any thoughts in in how that game is for the Ravens coming off their, their boy and the Vikings? really being embarrassed, I suppose, by Sunday night with Cooper Rush coming in into their home and, and pulling out the victory. That's a bad loss for them. I mean, they would obviously be one of the teams that we would have to consider to be in the mix for that seven spot in the NFC, one of those teams that wouldn't get in there. But you can't lose that game at home coming off a bye of your own. Uh, you know, they also have injuries. You know, uh, Daniel Hunter now, Taurus Peck in that game, which just sounds like Maybe one of the worst. I mean, not the worst. There, I could think off the top of my yeah. head, and you know, it was probably a family show. Uh, the few that are worse, but man, the yeah. torn pectoral it sounds like an absolutely brutal injury yeah. to even recover. And uh, yeah, all of it's bad. But that's a big loss for the de defensive side. You know, their secondary is a problem. Uh, continues to get exposed every week, and now this newfangled passing game that Baltimore has. Uh, you know, now Rashawn Bateman's in there. They are just throwing deep early and often to Marquise Brown. We started to see a little bit more of Mark Andrews emerge heading into the bye, which is really nice. And Minnesota's not really good at stopping the run. Defensively, uh, they are dead last 
in defensive line and Justin metric over at football outsiders. So, you know, that's part of why I really liked Dallas last week. I thought they could run regardless of what was going on with the DAC injury. And uh, I think they'll be able to do so as well. Baltimore will they'll be able to throw on them when they want to. And Minnesota, just no matter what is stubborn and will stuff Dalvin into the line over and over again. They are really bad. Surprisingly, I was looking at it today, pulling some numbers ahead of time. Um, let me pull that up here. They are still getting some explosive runs. I think they have the third highest rate of explosive runs on the season, but they are 31st in rushing success rate and 28th in rush offensive DVOA. They're just not good yeah. in running the ball. They really, really want to do it. And they're fairly efficient at passing the ball. They unfortunately have to get in these spots where they get behind and are forced to throw. This is one of those spots where if, if Baltimore gets up early, Ross, I think this is a nice live bet over. Because then what happens is, is Minnesota's forced to do what they actually do best and throw the football. Because if this stays close early or Minnesota gets up, they will run the football over and over again. But if you make them throw the ball, they can do it with some efficiency. So that would kind of be a live look for me. But I lean, this is actually one of the leans for me definitely early in the week, because I think if this is under six still, I kind of lean Baltimore here. Yeah, and I think Baltimore is definitely a bet that I'm getting close to making. I think I don't know where the Vikings' rush defense is on explosive run plays given up, but I, I think that you can run all over the Vikings. I know they're um, they're not down in certain stats as being one of the worst rush defense, but they always seem to give up a lot of big runs. And this Ravens, yeah, kind of middle running. of the pack. Okay, and this Ravens' running team is is really good with Lamar there, and then. You got the three ageless wonders in Freeman, Ball, and uh, Murray. Oh, is, is Murray out for this game? Is Murray? I think Murray is out. Murray, yeah. yeah. So obviously you got the two there, and then obviously you got Rashad Bateman as well now, uh, making a bit more of an impact as well for them, giving them another weapon to go with Brown and Andrews. Um, I like I like that idea of the overlook because I think you're right. It sort of would be like the uh, Bengals game springs to mind, week one, where the where the Bengals got up and then. And then the Vikings had to had to throw it, and it went. It was what sixty odd points, wasn't it? I think in the end. So I think yeah. you're right. I think that makes sense. And that Ravens pass defense has been giving up some big plays as well as the uh, season's gone on. We've seen that obviously before their boy Jamar Chase going for over two hundred yards against them, and a lot of teams have had some success um, throwing the ball and throwing the ball deep on them. So yeah, that overs look um, is interesting one to call. Um. Other than that, most of the other games are sort of so-so on the on the week. So just talk maybe a couple of questions and that with you, Ryan, and that. So what with your handicap and that, how do you come to your sort of process? Do you, do you go off your power rankings or do you do it um, through certain stats? Yeah, certain stats for me. Um, I don't feel that I have. I messed around with power rankings a couple of years ago and didn't feel that I had a tight enough process. Um, so I feel like key stats for sure. Um, but also just trying to work on getting market movement. Like we said, trying to get on predicting where the market is going. So it's almost a game within the game. So more so than predicting where I think the game, how the game is going to play out, because I think we all are, uh, you know, some of us may be a coin flip better than others, but not very much. I um, mean, really trying to anticipate where the market is, is going to move, looking for some key ways you think the game is going to play out. I think is absolutely vital. Um, the thing that I got into trouble with, with messing with key numbers was an overall alliance on assuming that all my inputs were enough and that you have the right blend um, in a model to be able to spit out, uh, you know, a proper, a proper ranking there. So, um, you know, just understanding what's going on and, and how these teams like to play, trying to really dial into how I think that game is going to play itself out um, is kind of the best way to do it in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I, I don't uh, do the power rankings myself. It's just something I've never really been been able to get into. I, I'm more prefer looking at the stats based things than uh, moving teams up up and down. But yeah. I know obviously a, a lot of other people do extremely well with their process mm -hmm. doing it like that. I think I think it's just finding what works for yourself and Correct. then you go from there. Um, if you had to pick a team that will make the playoffs that isn't in there yet and a team that's in there that won't who would you have that's a good question um man so i don't even know who would actually count in the afc like who's in there 
Um, it's such a mess. I think the Patriots made the playoffs. Okay. Uh, um, I, I think that we've seen this historically with Belichick where the, the defense tightens up late in the season. He starts to get a feel for what he wants to do, what's working, what mix of, of talent is there. And that was a defense coming into the season that I was very bullish on talent-wise. I think that they are deep. Um, even without Stephon Gilmore, they're still one of the best secondaries, I think, in the league. Um, if they can get healthy. I mean, they lost John Jones in the slot, which is a bad loss for them the other day, um, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, that's, that's a problem. That, that means we're going to have more Jalen Mills than uh, Patriots are going to want to see out there. Um, I wish they could hide him some other places, but I think that they have a multitude of guys up front to get pressure. I think their linebacking core is nice. You know, they were able to cover running backs out of the, um, out of the backfield. And Mac Jones didn't play really well against the Chargers, but he played well enough. Um, and he's had some games where he's played really well. They're slowly getting more confident, I think, with him. So I wish that they would have done something here at the trade deadline to add a little bit of explosiveness because they just don't have it offensively. They just don't have that guy where you're really worried about taking the top off the defense or the big plays. You know, Harris, Damian Harris is a really nice chain mover defensively. It's not a guy that you're worried about is going to run away from you. Yeah, sure, theoretically, you know, Kendrick Bourne or Nelson Aguilar can quote unquote take the top off the defense, but they're not game breakers. You're not seeing anything from Aguilar that resembled even what we saw with the Raiders last year. But I think just as a whole with the coaching staff, with Mac kind of coming into his own, I think that that's a playoff team. The Titans, I think, would worry me. Maybe the Titans and the Raiders, just based off yeah. of kind of some of the news going on with those two teams in the last couple of days, one injury, one not. Um, you know, I think those things are a little worrisome moving forward in the uh, in the AFC. NFC, yeah, I don't. None of those teams that we listed, those six are in. Um, yeah. I don't really know who would fall out. The Saints would be the you know, the, the the sixth clearly in, in you know my vantage point. Um, who would make it into the uh, NFC? Or the NFC that isn't. Uh, gosh, I would love to say Minnesota if they would have taken care of business. Um, Seattle, maybe if they get they get Russ back. Yeah. That is a team that is never good outside of Russ, and we see it without without him in there. They are always propped up by this massive efficiency that Ross, that Russ does, um, that never really matches the rest of the team. Um, so Russ alone maybe can propel them to that seven spot. Yeah, that's it. I think they definitely need uh, need Russ back as much as Gino played well this this week, and that um, again, who who are they playing against really? I mean, you had to yeah. expect that they would win that game anyway against Jacksonville, so. So no, that's all, all interesting. Um, if you had to place a bet now to the end of the season, what would be your one your one bet? Uh, season long prop. Um, man, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I still think the Bucks go to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I feel like you know they can get healthy over time. I still think that they have a the schedule is light. So really outside of, they play the saints again at home. I want to say maybe week 17. Uh, they also have a game against the bills outside of that, Ross, that schedule is super duper soft. Um, there's a really good chance. They probably were going to go 15 and two if they would have handled business this past weekend. So I still think that there's a, maybe a 14 and three there while they get the defense healthy guys come back. Uh, maybe they get a little bit in the secondary and they start to get that again, back together. And yeah, I mean, betting against Tom Brady has been a historically bad bet. Um, and I'm willing to bet on that offense being just good enough again to, to get it done. Yeah, I think so. I spoke preseason that as much as they didn't really want to be betting teams over certain win totals of the 12 and a half. And when you're up to that, yeah. I thought if any, if anyone was going to easily go over it, it was going to be the books. And I'd have had them down as 15. Like you say, it's more than likely probably going to be about 14 now. Uh, they they just look so strong and even with that defense being able to be got at when you got Brady on the other side and the weapons he's got it's um it's hard not to see where they really lose too many games from here going forward yeah um right I'll just uh, what we do is uh, you want to have a guest on I'll just do like a a quick uh quick 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 question round sorry mumbling my words there quick question round to get to know the guest so nothing too hard nothing uh too too hard on the questions. <laughs> nice easy ones for you. So, well, uh, 
do you, what do you prefer, player props or side or totals? Props. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Favourite music? Ooh, um, that's tough. Anything with an acoustic guitar, you know, singer-songwriter stuff. Nice. Uh, Favourite holiday destination? Mm, Bali. Time of the year? Right now, fall. Nice. Favourite sports movie? Mm, Hoosiers. Hoosiers or Caddyshack? Oh, you know, I'm a, new, I'm a Noonan. Noonan yeah. Caddyshack is, is one for me too. <laughs> nice. Favourite drink? Uh, man, favourite drink? Uh, like a cocktail? Any, any any drink, alcoholic or whatever you, your go-to drink is? Uh, gosh, I'm so boring, Ross. I drink a crap ton of water. I do drink a lot of coffee, a lot of iced coffee. I do enjoy tea, but I coffee over tea. Um, yeah. I'm not a big drinker, but when I do, <laughs> give me a nice, delicious tequila. Nice. You can throw okay. that bad boy in the rocks even. I don't care. And uh, a podcast you'd recommend that you, yourself is not involved with? Oh, that's really good. Uh, athletic football show with uh, Robert Mays and, uh, okay. and Nate Tice. Yep. Nice, nice. Well, I really appreciate Rowan, or you coming on and helping us out and giving us some great insight and especially looking at new markets like the uh, team totals and that. Something good to learn something new and hear the different processes and that. Yeah, happy to come on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I think it's, uh, again, we've talked about it a bunch. It's just hard to win, man, right? This is These markets are sharp and you have to find ways that we can to get an edge. And uh, I think that's one of them that's still out there a little bit. So definitely recommend listeners take a look at uh, the team totals, find some spots that you think that you don't like one of the teams in particular. If maybe you want to bet on a big uh, favorite, maybe consider shorting, the underdog um, in the team total market instead. Yeah, I like it. And Ron, where can people find yourself and your work? Everything over at 444.com, uh, part of the BetSperts Media Group. Ross, we are uh, doing two pods a week over at Move the Line. We have a Wednesday game by game breakdown. Friday is our prop show. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Noonan. Perfect. Yeah. And I can vouch for them both. I, I listen to both of them Thursday and work for the Wednesday show. And, uh, saturday for the friday show the joys of the awesome. uk time difference is uh <laughs> is, is not able to get involved at the times it's recorded at but uh such is life so no it's uh been a great honor to have you on i really appreciate it and everyone else who's listening really thankful for listening any ratings reviews feedback always appreciate it i'll be back friday with the player props where somehow hopefully get back on track because the last couple <laughs> of weeks has been a, a bit disastrous unfortunately so, and if you're not liking uh, my picks at the minute, then go and follow Ryan and, and get onto his props for Friday night with himself, Connor Allen and, and uh, Prop Stars, three really knowledgeable lads on the uh, prop betting. Ryan, thanks again, mate. Thanks, Ross. Cheers. Good luck all.